four, three, two, rewind. Co-host Eric. Weekly Adventures. Co-host Desiree. We're almost professional. Full disclosure. <laughs> uh, dangerous combination. Creating content and optimizations. We've got a lore video coming. Cannot wait. Which is all about drone fast and some sort of like cake. Mail on a Sunday. News and notes. Schedule for this week. Hot cocoa. All these people supports the show. Adventuring party. Are uh, you ready? Let's go. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to episode 133 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind, your go-to weekly podcast to recap the news and community of Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. This week, we review and give our thoughts on the latest developer livestream. We tackle adversity in the community discussion, spotlight our community creators, of course, and end with another fanfiction entry from Ben and I. Put those earbuds in and hop on the treadmill. Don't forget about your New Year's resolution so soon. Join me, Desrin, and my healthy co-host, Theric, for this week's Rewind. So, uh, <laughs> have, have you... S- healthy, wow. You're, you're assuming you a lot, a lot of credit, from, right? from one week of, of resolution stick-to-itiveness. <laughs> Isn't is that assumption. how it works? You just, you, you, you do it for like a few weeks and, and that's like the whole year covers the whole year, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that is true. I can't argue with that. I, I've been I've been good. Been good. Fell off a little bit because my partner in crime hurt her back. So I wasn't able to like stick with it because I was like in solidarity. I am not going to go on the treadmill without you. <laughs> so Oh my gosh. Really just, so yeah. All right. Blame the spouse. I get it. I get it. It's a total excuse. It was a total nonsense <laughs> excuse, but she's better now. I'm back. We're back doing our thing so oh so you've you've so hopped back on the like you're you're going again yeah oh okay yeah then yeah, i can't yeah. give you that Didn't, much hard time no you really can't no i expect to be fully accredited for my for my work here so <laughs> well, well, perfect. how about you what are you how are you doing i've, I've you know I, I mentioned i don't really do the resolution thing but uh but you know we've i i, I really should uh post stuff in the um our our guild fitness thing because like I, I've at least tried to go on walks more this, uh, these last few weeks. Um, just put music in nice. and and get outdoors. But uh, I've I've yeah. realized I really miss like going really outdoors and backpacking. Like I need to go camping or backpacking. And uh, it's yeah. so good. It's so good for your not only your physical health but your mental health, right? Like I'm I'm a big proponent of doing things. Like we have to take care of our mental health just as much as our physical health. And like things that that synergy has both is like that's gold it's gold man you gotta do it well you know what else is gold yes (laughs) i do (laughs) our wonderful adventuring party so we've got ziplocs on the dark rogue sparrow on the elf ranger bounty coat on the human wizard screech on the scar bard wiki woo on the human enchanter shuriken on the dwarf cleric horsesaurus on the human warrior Churro Dude on the Halfling Dire Lord, Fury Wrath on the Archive Summoner, Pavejo on the Gnome Wizard, Asera Avienda on the Elf Ranger, Galarane Moonsong on the Elf Ranger, and Annoying Llama on the Human Monk. And, uh, Derek. <laughs> yeah, I need to give a special shout out to Man of Rohan, who it seems I forgot to add to the Adventure Party banner last week. And I always am like mindful of, I know I'm going to forget at some point, and I did, obviously. So, Man of Rohan, uh, you get a special shout out because I, I neglected to put your name on the banner. And uh, that is a whoopsie on my part. So, thank you for your support. And uh, here is your here is your reward, your <laughs> due for putting your... <laughs> missing your name (laughs) oh man uh well yeah thanks everyone uh for everything you do for our channel our podcasts and uh showing up on sundays and in the comments and everything 
Uh, you guys are awesome. And uh, if you'd like to join us on the adventuring party here, uh, you can check out our Patreon for a bunch of options uh, on the page there. Um, or, of course, we have the Super Chat Super Thanks on YouTube, uh, which is you know either live or in the comments. Um, and that'll get your name on that said scrolling banner. Um, and I got to say, like, this is the first time it's happened. So there's a really good chance that Derek won't, you know, he won't forget you. So, um, <laughs> Wait, hey, don't speak for me. I will. I promise no nothing. I will definitely forget somebody again at some point. So, <laughs> you know, it's just the nature of the beast. But yeah, I, I mean, thank, thanks, everybody. And uh, man, I think it's time. Uh, I think we need to hit this. Let's go. This week in Visionary Realms News and Notes. All right, so it's Dev Stream Week, and that means we've got lots to talk about. So if you missed it, on Thursday, January 12th, we got Joppa, Ronick, and Minus giving us a look ahead at what they're planning to get done, specifically in the first quarter of 2023. So that means between now and the end of April. And that's actually a bit more specific, quite a bit more specific than we've come to expect from VR, and which I'll say is a good sign. You know, as we all know, publicly defined timeframes in VR are not yeah. really compatible. <laughs> <laughs> not really something that we see a lot of. Um, they don't really, uh, they haven't really done that over the years. So maybe this quarterly preview is like a new approach they've decided to take. Uh, I feel like VR and then on Pantheon Plus U afterwards, kind of buried the lead a little bit on the stream um, that this timeline of a quarterly goals or quarterly plan is kind of a big deal. You know, Desrin, let's start with me asking you, were you surprised that they started the year by giving us a much more defined timeline? Oh, because see, honestly, I don't see this as much as a timeline. Um, I, I think this is more of just defining what they're working on uh, in Q1. Um, like kind of what to expect to hear more about, but I don't think, I don't really think this was like a, you know, we will have this all finished in Q1 um, or like setting a date kind of a thing. Uh, like it would be nice, but, but it, I, I think that's actually not the impression I get. Uh, you know, really? Yeah. Hmm. I think interesting because yeah, go yeah, ahead. I was go just going to say, I think they even referred to it as just like a focus for Q1, which is kind of why I have that opinion is they kept saying the focus, you know, which I guess you could take a few different ways, but, but yeah. 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 See, I definitely interpreted it another way. And, and I mean, it, it would be kind of weird for them to say, this is what we're like focused on. Not, we're not committing to completing this or we're not saying this is our goal. We're just like, here's what we're planning to do for the first quarter. To me, that's, that rings a little bit, I don't know, a little bit, pointless almost it's like it's like if you set your quarter like if we had workout goals you know like my resolution my workout goal for the quarter one is to lose 10 pounds but then i sort of said no it's not my goal it's just i'm thinking about losing 10 pounds in the first quarter you know like i don't know about that <laughs> well but it it's really not just sense. thinking about it. it it is saying like we are working on these things like I, that's why i actually appreciate this method rather than having dates um because this still gives us insight on what's going on and after a few, you know, hopefully they do this more than one quarter, honestly. Um, but if they do this a few quarters, we can kind of get a gist of, you know, how how well uh, we can expect things that they're working on to be finished in a certain time frame without them actually giving a time frame out. Um, I actually yeah. prefer this because we've seen in a lot of other projects that do have a roadmap, 
it can get a little weird, you know, as uh, as people kind of see, you know, oh, this is what is happening this month. If it doesn't happen this month, you know, riot. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you should say that. So I think as, you know, knowing sort of what, what our notes have in store here, I think we're going to disagree on a lot of things. Not disagree, but I think we're going to have different perspectives on things as we go through this show. So perfect. it should be kind of interesting <laughs> because we're, we're kind of looking at this differently. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about what they said about, the, you know, either getting done before the end of April 2023 or focusing on up until April 2023 or during that time. You know, what was the meat of this dev stream? You know, I think there were five areas that they separated out and, and talked about. And so we'll, we'll hit every single one of them. Um, the first one was the vinyl post implementation stuff. So Joppa said that now that vinyl has functionality, its functionality has been solidly confirmed. The next step was, quote, activating the MMO specific assets uh, aspects of networking. They said um, the first MMO specific aspect is the seamless zones. And we know how big of an idea, you know, we know how big they are on this idea of a world without traditional zone lines. And, and we've talked about what this means from a gameplay perspective, how it creates a more immersive experience when you no longer hit that loading, please wait screen all the time, as well as, you know, just making the world more dangerous because you can't escape from mobs by just zoning out or whatever. Um, <clears throat> Joppa said he feels that it was a big, it'll be a big moment for Pantheon when they get this implemented. And, you know, it's easy to understand why he feels this way. Immersion, challenge, those are the, you know, two fundamental tenets of their design. And this would hit on both of those. So he also noted that this allows for more, and I want to use quotes again, hand-drawn zone lines, which I thought was interesting because mm. um, he was sort of like referencing like they, they were working with rectangles. You know, he said a lot. That's what they were sort of, I guess their zones were sort of rectangular shaped. I didn't notice that, but um, it was interesting to me because I had no idea that this was a limitation they were dealing with when designing the zones. I think, you know, and I, the more I thought about this as I was writing this out, the whole concept of a zone may just be something we aren't really talking about as players once this is implemented because we're not going to feel it in the game and it's only really a term that's relevant for those developing the game does that does that make sense to you does uh maybe i i think zones will still be relevant uh more, more as like a term to describe a, a region you know if anything uh like sure like the, the zone lines might be blurred a bit but but i i think i think it's still a helpful descriptor uh descriptor sorry um for players, even if it doesn't have the same implication as a zone, like, uh, you know, like in EQ, uh, I, like you mentioned, you know, training to zone and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I do wonder if, um, if or how, I guess, it'll all be tied to the social things, like like zone chat, for example. Um, right. If, if there's like zones within, or like small zones or, you know, weird shape zones, uh uh, I just wonder how they'll they'll handle that because I think even WoW has a pretty grid like structure for the most part. Yeah, I don't know it because a lot of things come off of structured zones, right? Like seamed zones, not seamless, right? That you when you in the MMO, you know, world uh, for for people who play a lot of MMOs, we're so ingrained with the idea of you know this zone, that zone, you know. Uh, it, it, there's just a lot of things that play off of it. So with, when this gets implemented, it's going to really, I think it's going to change a lot of things in terms of how it feels to play this game. Oh um, yeah, that's but, for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, so that's one of the things that they want to get done or work on in the first quarter is getting this implemented. And and I really, you know, again, all these things we're going to mention, I'm really hoping to see a lot of them in the in the pre-alpha tests, the monthly pre-alpha mm-hmm. tests. So there'll be four of them between now, like in this quarter, obviously. So, you know, that's something I definitely want to see. Another one of these uh, post-vinyl implementation features VR said that they have targeted for the first quarter includes, uh, quote, persistence architecture. So correct me if I'm wrong, Desmond, but this is basically like making sure your character is constantly like preserved and backed up um, as you play, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and all your stuff, you know, like uh, persistence for what's in the world and probably on your character. So just making sure that everything stays the same, uh, which sounds very simple, is not very simple, you know. But uh, <laughs> if anyone has experience in this, uh, I, I think Steve's on it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they said they have Steve Clover working on it, right? So you're right. If anybody knows how to do this, um, definitely he would. <laughs> so, and you know, I would say that not having my character like in all my stuff randomly deleted is you probably know, pretty, fairly important. Yeah. <laughs> fairly, you know, probably a little bit important for a MMO uh, to be successful because that would not uh, go over well if that uh, didn't work we out. We all know the pain of rollbacks. Uh, it's it's happened <laughs> more often in games than we'd like for sure. Have you ever lost a character completely? Like have you ever completely lost a, a character you've leveled like quite a bit and put a lot of time into? Um, not a whole level but I've been rolled back like several days before in a, in a live game even like uh, so you know it it can happen. <laughs> yeah i don't know if i've ever told my eq story but my first eq character i got to like level six seven and then i went to blackborough and i fell into the snake pit there and i lost it completely theric 1.0 is still at the bottom of a blackborough <laughs> snake pit theric 1.5 or 2.0 lived and went on to level whatever 50 <laughs> so huh, interesting that, yeah but that's not the game's fault that's purely my fault <laughs> Um, now the other thing that got mentioned, uh, was that since the refactor actually cross zone communication hasn't been possible. Um, now VR said they believe they can get this implemented. And once that's done, Joppa hinted, we'll see their often touted looking for group tool, which he of course described as being robust. Um, <laughs> he said, clarified, it's not a group finder, just an enhanced means of communicating. That's the sense I got. Did you hear the same thing does? Yeah, same thing. Uh, and I, th- I think the earlier they can get that LFG tool in, like, the better. At, at least, you know, some form of it. I'm sure it won't be fully built out, but, you know, something usable uh, just to find people, right? Uh, just get yeah. get players back in the habit of forming up, using the tool, giving feedback, all that. It, it's going to be a big part of the game for, uh, I would say, a majority of people. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear they're working on it, but... Uh, it's funny that they always have to clarify that. Like, it's a, they know their audience, you know. And <laughs> they, yeah, they do. They always have to say, like, it's not a, it's not a group finder. We're not doing it for you. Um, so that's that's the post vinyl implementation stuff. That's point one. Now, point two was the gathering and crafting aspects. So um, this again on their list for quarter one. Work on these gathering and crafting upgrades, and everyone's a favorite master crafter Nafel. Apparently, been hard at work. And uh, VR said we're going to see improved harvesting tools implemented and gathering skill progression. So uh, this was actually a moment that impressed me, um, made me kind of chuckle at the same time when they talked about <laughs> this, the gathering animation. 
has been synced with the player's speed and, and that speed of gathering is based on your skill apparently. So, you know, this is like a little small thing, but it's, it's impactful. And it actually makes me laugh when you think about you're out in the world and you're running around and you see someone like furiously hitting that ore node with their pickaxe. And you're like, damn, you know, they're such a skilled gatherer. Look at how fast they're going. And then of course there's probably me like super slowly chopping a tree. Right. And people are, you know, walking by and laughing at my unskilled harvesting ways. Right. And <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty funny if that's how it played out. Um, what it sounds like yeah i mean the, the big part of this is like i'm really curious what all these like dynamic things that they're hinting at are um they've mentioned this like a few times of like additional things with gathering and i don't know it kind of feels like they're they're teasing that that gathering might be a bit more involved uh eventually yeah but definitely. you know we'll, we'll have to wait and te- wait and see until you know all that stuff is closer, but you know, for now, just a basic implementation and like that just works is kind of what we need. And then they can work on crafting, right? Because I feel like you just need basic gathering and then you can get crafting in and maybe finish gathering way later, right? Like, <laughs> but, sure, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. everyone's excited about maybe crafting some stuff and this is a step towards it. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Lots of, lots of crafters out there interested in listening very closely to that. Um, third point for, they talked about on their list to do is, uh, the, uh, artwork and specifically some of the points of interest in Avenir's pass. Uh, Joppa talked about Hangor. He cited Hangor. He also cited Madrun, um, being yeah. set for a touch up. Now Madrun, we've never, ever seen anything. Yes, we have. Um, when did I we don't see think Mad it Run? was actually said, but I'm pretty sure we have some footage of of new Mad Run. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the spooky twisted trees, and I mean, oh yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yes, absolutely, yes. Okay, so that's and it's funny because they didn't say it. I think it's just like the name of the file or like the name of yeah, the. It, it's really subtle, and but I mean, yeah. I jumped on it because. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, whatever it looks like, apparently they're going to be working on it and touching it up. So um, that will be uh, that will be old news soon enough. Um, he gave a couple names of some new f- flora, I guess. The Elkhorn tree, he said, um, will be added. I'd, I'd have to go back and look through like concept art pieces to see if we actually have oh, a picture yeah. of that. Yeah. But uh, I can't uh, think of it off the top of my mind. But more importantly, Joppa said, um, you know, flora for thrown fast is going to be used in a lot of other areas. And of course, they have these kits, you know, they can kind of apply globally to help speed up the process. I personally liked how this discussion connected to the seamless zone discussion, because um, Joppa said, you know, quote, the beauty of a seamless world, end quote, is what he's going for. Um, you know, things are going to be differentiated more by layout and the makeup of some of the, the things in the zone, how they're placed, how they're implemented. We got into a really sort of lengthy discussion, Desiree, you uh, brought this up on Pantheon Plus, you about the implications of this. I thought you had some really, really um, insightful commentary. So do you want to just like recap your thoughts for our listeners who maybe didn't catch it on Pantheon Plus you? I mean, it's probably just best to check the Plus you for my, my actual fresh thoughts, you know, as they're coming, but I don't know. I, th- I think it, it, <laughs> it, it both makes sense, you know, as, as far as like kind of making the world look natural. Um, but also I, I'm very much anticipating something that maybe exhibits a bit more artfulness, um, 
like because currently uh i mean i guess this is a matter of opinion but i don't think it's really that far off base is thrown fast in avenir's past as far as we've seen as far as we've seen they look a bit generic as far as their ground and flora assets you know the color palette it's just like kind of brown and green you know like Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i'm really looking forward to some of the more creative zones um you know specifically silent planes uh we'll see how it goes but it's definitely something that allows them to build out faster and the more assets they get in you know they can start using those more widely um, and hopefully right. kind of break up the zones a little bit more so they don't look so uh, homogenous. There you go. Hey, that's yeah. the word I was looking oh, good. for. <laughs> yeah, good job. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's the right word for what you're describing for sure. And um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concern and it's something that uh, we'll have to wait and see. And I just, you know, as they build out King's Reach, the whole content, you know, it needs to be distinct and have distinct regions like we talked about. So... I think that's, and uh, I think it I do will. think that's important. It's just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So next one, the fourth item on their, on their quarter one to-do list is uh, focus on the development of silent planes, as you just mentioned. Uh, it is the next area they want to allocate a lot of resources to work on. And this is, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, I'm ready for a new place to talk about. <laughs> we've, we've talked about Throne Fast. We've talked Dude, about ADP and Wild, right? Wild's End. It feels like forever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just something to talk about and, and dig into because, um, you know, we want to see more of the area after we got that awesome wide angle shot, uh, which we got a while ago. And now let's be clear here. This is more uh, in line with what you were saying at the beginning. They didn't say Silent Plains is going to be done in quarter one. Even I didn't hear that. But I did hear like we want to get significant progress done yeah. in the first quarter on Silent Plains. But like you say, as with everything, you know, time will tell and we'll see how that sort of shakes out. Um, one of the interesting notes about Wild, uh, Wild's End, Silent Plains that they talked about, <laughs> <laughs> Joppa said, um, wind will play a big part in Silent Plains, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, the wind shear effect is something that, um, something pl- sounds like players are going to have to deal with in this area. We've only seen the wind shear effect once before, I believe. And that was, uh, in Sleepless's realm when they did the co-stream there and, uh, they were all sort of getting blown around all over the place and the wind shear effect was really strong. I don't know if that's the same thing. That's what I think it is. Um, but it also made me remember, made me remember how they said, uh, gliders will have limited use in terms of the places they function in, in Pantheon, but they also singled out sky Durban as being one of those huh. places. And yeah, sky Durban is in silent Plains, as I said. Um, so I'm definitely intrigued and, um, you know, can I just say like, if the wind is going to be a defining feature of silent Plains? please 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 vr put in like ambient howling wind sound oh my god is the kind of thing that that wraps me into a game and just completely immerses me and i i just thought of this when i was writing my notes here for for the show and i'm like wow can you imagine how cool that would be to have just like constantly in the background doesn't have to be you know obnoxious just really really subtle like dude I, so uh, this is totally off the cuff, but I, I've I've played I've got back into Valheim recently, and uh, yeah. and just like the master class in weather effects and yes. and ambiance and like immersion is just I'm I'm like oh my gosh like if they could even get close to this <laughs> I, I would yeah, be I so stoked. 
you can hear the wind in Valheim, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Am, am I? Yeah, yeah. That because like, like, I was trying to remember. I'm the like, wind has direction. You even can. like you. Yeah, it, that's right. It does. And the animals don't the animals react? Yeah, to the direction uh, the, the wind is blowing. Like kind of reacts. Uh, honestly, it's it's some of it's like more subtle, um, but yeah. it, it's just it, it makes it feel like a world. And isn't that what we're going for in Pantheon, right? And totally. Yeah, sound and you say. Some of it's more subtle. Yeah. When you're on your boat, it's not subtle. You can only go in the direction <laughs> the wind is yes, blowing. Trying yes. to go in your boat against the wind in that game is like a, is like a nightmare. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. You don't go anywhere. You can't do it. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> put, put wind sounds in, please, Joppa. Yep. We need it. <laughs> I don't care if they're from the asset store. That's perfectly fine. Totally fine. Even you can do, you can make them yourself. Just, you know. You could with just music. Just blow into a microphone. <laughs> yeah, just just anybody can do it. Really, you don't even need a voice actor. Just professional foley artist, <laughs> professional windmaker. Uh, okay, so let's let's move on to the last point from the um, from the quarter one focus, and that is player models. Um, it's uh, definitely the uh, last but not least item because they said that Kyle Olson, their lead programmer, is working on integrating uh, integrating the human models to be playable right now. Uh, they said that that means animations, both active and idle. And we actually got a little small, uh, small little bean dropped here, I think, uh, from Joppa. And this resonated with me coming off playing Embers Adrift, and you'll, you'll understand why I say that in a minute. So when Joppa said um, skill learning animations is something he's, quote, taking a good look at. Look, if you've played Embers Adrift, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever thought... I'm getting attacked by a swarm of bees. Animation works for learning a skill. They need to reevaluate some of their life choices. I'm just saying. So true. (laughs) Because it's ridiculous. Just, just like look it up. If you haven't seen, if you haven't played embers, just seriously go on YouTube, like look up skill learning animation, embers adrift. It's hilarious. I expect much better of Pantheon. (laughs) So, um, that was a little bean that we heard again. We also heard about the Darkmer models, how they're finished. And, you know, once the human models are implemented, the Darkmer models will follow. <clears throat> you know, I feel like, I have to say, I feel like they remain pretty fuzzy on these from a time frame perspective. And, and to be honest, the ongoing sort of like, we can't wait to show you them, you know, it, it's wearing a little thin. Mm. Uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little teased out, if you will, as I, as I said on Pantheon Plus U. Um, you know, we have to keep in mind there's nine races in Pantheon. So I really don't want to go through this seven times more <laughs> where we have to get, you know, uh, six months of teasing how much we're going to love them and then, you know, finally see them. Uh, again, I'm not being critical. I'm just expressing, you know, like it's just being honest about the little, the ongoing, the forever tease is not sometimes not great um and just you know these better be the best damn fish elves we've ever seen <laughs> from what we've heard i don't know if you're feeling as salty about that as i am does but probably not but maybe salty yeah i see what you did <laughs> yeah i know i was gonna i was gonna go with the pun a little more when i was writing this out i'm like should i like should i completely go you know whole hog on this and do the whole fish well, thing you, but you no, did say that the darkmer are finished as well <laughs> yeah i did i did okay <laughs> I, I got a little bit of credit, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, yeah. With with this topic specifically, um, the the Darkmer models, it, um, and just kind of the implementation in game uh, in total. Uh, I know Kyle's obviously ridiculously busy, like, and uh, according to Minus, um, like that is is something he's working on 
So like, we'll probably see it pretty soon, but it's just, it's been a little bit right. weird that we, we saw humans at least in, you know, rent, not, not necessarily in game yet. Um, but we've known about the dark mer, you know, that they're working on them for quite a while. Um, but they don't seem to want to show us for some reason. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's more just to have yeah. like a reveal, you know, hopefully, hopefully with some in-game yeah. footage, right? Like <laughs> alongside the new Better. humans, like that's yeah, kind of the gist. Cause I hope it's... the idea is it's supposed to be speeding up, right? Like, yeah, you know, the, they get the, the humans done. That took a long time getting pipelines together, getting their workflow, dark mer, you know, maybe a bit faster, so hopefully, hopefully it just like keeps speeding up because uh, this did take a little bit longer uh, than it, it seemed like they anticipated, um, which I guess we're kind of used to, right? But, but yeah, I I think I think a tease it works well when it's done once, but it kind of diminishes in value each time you do it again. Yes. Right? Um, yes, diminishing returns on the T's value for sure. Yeah, but hey, you know, if the dark mer are done or finished, you know, you know what that means. <laughs> well, you know, it 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 means a lot of good things. Coming up we're next, on to the archive, archive baby. Yes, I, I just punched my microphone. Until- <laughs> I'm so excited. He's punching microphones like an archive would actually. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, the other thing we got, now we got a really substantial lore drop in this dev stream, and I don't want to get into the details too much here because I, I do plan on doing a video about it to try and sort of break it down, give some context and theory crafting for other and other information for people. Just, you know, I will say just in terms of presentation, though, I, I you know, it was fine. Um, I confirmed with Minus that we're going to get a transcribed version in the newsletter, in the January newsletter, um, as well as the concept art pieces that were shown. Uh, that was kind enough minus to confirm that during the um during pantheon plus u i think and or actually might have been during the actual dev stream um so that's good news and um yeah it was a, it was a good piece of lore um before we give our final note um our final sort of overall reactions to the stream i want to also i'd be negligent not to say that they did include a thing for pa testers that the upcoming session on january uh, 28th 29th will not have your characters wiped yes. from the previous test which is very, very exciting. Super happy to hear that. That's probably about as much as we can say <laughs> due to NDA, uh, but I wanted to make sure it was mentioned. So, um, so Desmond, let's wrap this news piece up with our overall impressions. As you can tell, you know, as I've said, you kind of heard my voice. I feel like this was a tell and not a show stream for sure. And there were a lot of, it's a lot of the same things. I feel like were said last year, you know, ramping up and leaning in and we're going to get a bunch of memes, drop <laughs> yes, memes apparently yes, about yes. the lean in. Uh, you know, I guess it's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping it comes true. I, I really want to see them put this into action. Setting quarterly timeframes is huge, whether that's, we want to have this done by this date, or we're just focused on this, you know, there's no denying that, that it's good to do that. And if monthly PA tests showcase these goals, like I said earlier, I'll be a happy camper. I will be contentedly on my way. Um, but I, you know, I like when that, when the April newsletter comes around and we get to look back, at, you know, to January here, we can rate whether or not they've achieved some of their goals, whether they've, have they completed, have they been focused on? I mean, we can kind of do that right now because it was in October. They talked about the cadence for the new player models. Yeah. And I don't think if we looked back, I don't think it would be a, a great look to be honest. Um, cause I just don't think we're, I don't think it's, 
gone at the cadence that they sort of in, they uh, inferred or, or implied, I guess, maybe even straight out said. Um, so I'm feeling a bit, you know, I'll say cautiously pessimistic, you might say. Um, how are you doing? Any any sort of final thoughts here? Oh, man. I, yeah, I kind of feel that. Um, I, I always expect stuff to be slower than outlined, but, but still, yeah, the character model is a great example. Those expectations kind of not quite... Uh, being met as far as like time frame at least like hopefully they look awesome and we're all like ah okay it was worth it um but but yeah like things things are speeding up for sure uh and i can't help but point out that it does make sense that we didn't have a lot to show this uh this stream you know after december was just like packed with stuff um and before the team presumably right. took took a break um right still though uh, see, seeing a replay of the dungeon stream like without anything like new in game, uh, it was it was a little rough, mm -hmm. uh, especially because like we didn't even get anything like out of game either. It was you know we got some new concept art and uh, and lore that's that's technically new, um, but mm -hmm. I think most people like this was supposed to be, hey we're, we we want to show not tell, and then the first stream is all tell, um, yeah. you know and. Oh. it's just a little bit of a it's a little um you know keep keep holding your breath right just you're we're not we're not there yet to where we get to see see something new yet you know maybe next month yeah we'll see and, and having said that I, I like hearing what they're focused on for the next few months uh like again i i don't take that as a timeline i take it as like we're focused we're just focusing on these things and that's it um but th there's a lot that they talked about that would really push the game forward if they can accomplish them in q1 um, for sure. But, but for now, uh, it, it kind of looks like this month we're getting, you know, as you said, a lot of tell, uh, not much show since, you know, next week is a, another tell kind of show, right? Uh, parting right. the veil, yeah. <laughs> um, which is going to be great, but again, it's another tell. Uh, and I, I, th I think really, I'm just looking forward to the newsletter. It sounds like the newsletter is going to have a lot of more like solid stuff for us. Um, but unfortunately that's, you know, several weeks out. So, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah. So that's a wrap up of the uh, dev stream from this week. And that's the news section. Now for notes, we're kind of winging it here because I don't have the uh, Pantheon plus U calendar for the week, uh, Pantheon plus U, Pantheon plus calendar for the week in front of me because we didn't get that done in time. But I do know that on Tuesday next week, we are uh, doing the grading stream for Embers Adrift. And I know I've talked about this before, but it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be up and down. We're going to have haters and lovers and all, all in between. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that animation because <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I thought you were about um, to start singing the rainbow connection there i don't know what that is oh Should my I? god oh. oh never mind just just keep keep going <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um yeah so that's tuesday night that's that'll be 9 p.m eastern on our pantheon plus twitch channel so make sure you come and stop by and give your thoughts on embers or on uh what you think of our play sessions of it of course monday night i'm going backwards in time now is a uh, drac and his crew playing dark age of camelot on the eden server uh that is a midnight eastern on the pantheon plus twitch channel um i know that uh, redbeard flynn has a as a uh video coming out next week it's talking about the worst rpg of all time or you know what what did he call it the some of the worst rpgs it's something anyway. like that yeah yeah He's talking about Sacred Three, and, and Desmond, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. And you played that game. I didn't play any of the Sacred series. I rather enjoyed um, it, but apparently uh, I'm in the minority. 
apparently it's got like super bad reviews on steam like steam it's overwhelmingly negative on steam but who knows about steam reviews too right it's not exactly a a metric but i'm sure redbeard flynn will dive into it fully and hilariously as he is wont to do um on thursday there's no uh, mmorpg rpg 201 show on thursday because we are starting a new game the following week so we're going to take a one week off on the 201 show and uh then um i believe there will be another cringe pony tv episode on saturday night i don't have confirmation of that but if nathan napalm is sticking to his usual schedule it will be saturday at uh, midnight eastern 11 p.m central time so get your cringe on there and uh yeah after winging it hopefully i covered enough i've really got everything that's uh that's is gonna it, be it isn't for this there week's. something on thursday don't we have uh parting oh, the veil yeah. and, and plus See, I, you this too. is why we this is why we don't <laughs> wing it because derek doesn't remember things like no, that it's all good uh you know on thursday <laughs> presumably uh <laughs> at 6 p.m pacific time they'll be doing the uh um parting the veil uh you know Keep, keep an eye out for the announcements on that. But immediately after the Parting the Veil live, uh, we'll be doing a Plus U2, uh, hopefully with Redbeard and uh, Man of Rohan. I need to make sure that they're they're up to it. Um, but one way or another, we'll de- be doing the you know community after show uh, to recap what they're talking about with fractures and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Thank you for saving this segment, Desrin. You would have, uh, I, I would have been so, <laughs> I would have felt terrible if I had I'm, I'm sure we'll have a graphic completely. by the time this goes up. So yeah, the graphic, you'll be seeing it, but, uh, you know, we need, we need reminders. We need physical evidence or else we just forget these things, or at least I do. So not Desrin. Uh, so anyway, now that is really it for this week's news and notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion's all about. All right. I, I thought I'd mix up the community discussion a little this time and, and pull a topic from our you know friend and ally, uh, Mr. Redbeard Flynn, as he's just put out a video in a kind of uh, response to some points made by uh, Josh Stryphase. And uh, the video is called Classic MMOs Feel Better. So... To give a quick recap, in case you haven't seen the video, Redbeard grabs some quotes from Josh that pretty much add up to, I'll really try to summarize this here, but uh, Josh is kind of saying, the reason classic MMO players have so much nostalgia is because of the adversity that was involved. Um, you know, Whether that be challenge or just inconvenience, but one way or another, adversity. But that leads to more reward, just as kind of a human thing. Um, On the other hand, modern MMOs kind of appeal to more people and have more retention because they try to remove adversity, uh, either by lowering the difficulty, like, you know, of the majority of the game at least, or with a lot of, like, quality of life features and convenience. But there was a quote that Red disagreed with, which is that because there are so many options for MMOs these days, Players that do encounter adversity are kind of destined to just leave for something easier. So to Red's point, he thinks there's actually a lot of people that embrace adversity for the greater reward. Um, For example, with the popularity of games like Elden Ring, which may actually indicate that a classic MMO might be more popular and have more retention than Jawstrife Hayes seemed to expect. Okay, so, uh, you know, that's, okay, that's a bit to un- unpack. Um, so 
I, I, you know, I guess the the summarized version uh, again is: Do you think that most players that encounter adversity are pretty much destined to take the path of least resistance, or do you think Pantheon might break the trend somehow, like Elden Ring and other games have recently? Um, that you know, at, at least by sales numbers, seems to indicate you know a rather large audience of people willing to take the stairs, you know, instead of the elevator, so to speak. <laughs> That's perfect analogy absolutely perfect um yeah i mean i i think about this a lot i i do actually spend a lot of time thinking about this exact question and i'm glad that they had a they had a discussion or there's a video that discusses it um so yeah do people will people take the stairs if they know that you know there's benefits to taking the stairs and you know so this comes down to a question of what is the what is the player demographic what are what is the who makes up the majority of people playing MMOs or even video games in general these days, <clears throat> are they people who, you know, want, um, challenge, want reward based on challenge, or they just want a fix, you know, they yeah, just want to yeah. play a game that is like hits them and they, you know, they, they just have some fun. They're not like, they're looking for a chill, you know, relaxed experience that isn't going to, you know, task them with anything. Um, you know, I, I, I've always had an optimistic view of this where I think, I think if the game is done, if a challenging game is done the correct way, it can be successful. I think the, I think the problem is, is that a lot of games confuse challenge with, uh, being obstructionist or being, uh, putting barriers in your way that aren't part of the challenge you're trying to overcome. They're just, they just complicate yeah, just the, annoyances. the experience <laughs> right. annoyances. Yeah. Like, um, so I think it takes a real skill to make a game that's challenging without being um, uh, obstructionist. And, um, you know, I know I've heard Josh Dreyfus make this argument before. He did, He's done some other videos that are sort of similar <clears throat> where he's like, no, people just move on. You know, you, your game has to appeal to the most people or has to remove every barrier or else people just move on to find a game that doesn't have that barrier. You know what I mean? Yep. Basically. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's basically what it boils down to. But I I truly believe as a somebody who has, you know, sort of been into what people do, like like my educational background, I like is in sociology and and other sort of human sciences. And I've always been interested in what people are motivated by, how people behave, what people do. And I do truly believe that people want to feel challenged and overcome challenges that's what that's what games are that's all that's really what games are the, the earliest games are op created obstacles for us to overcome um you know you look at whatever you can define a game in so many different ways but like when you take that out of it if there's no challenge or there's no uh there's nothing pushing back against you i think that i think that ceases to be a game and then it just becomes like a you're you know it's just something else i don't know what it is so <laughs> you know what what does that what does that mean for the mmo landscape i i believe that like i said earlier it's pantheon needs to embrace the concept that people like to be challenged and get rewards but also don't want to feel like they're you know being blocked for the sake of being blocked just right because it's part yeah. of like their tenet right like don't challenge me for no reason challenge me to you know come up with a solution to a problem it's like it's so stupid but 
Wordle. I play Wordle every morning. <laughs> I've always liked puzzles. And for me, this is now I'm speaking for myself personally, not speaking for everybody else. I love puzzles. I will I will do puzzles because I feel like they sort of take my brain and wake it they awaken my brain a little bit. And I like that feeling. So, you know, um even Wordle's a stupid little game, but look at how popular it is. My whole family plays Wordle. And this is like, you know, me and my wife, where this different generation my kids are teenagers they play it you know my mom plays it she's of a different generation and so it's like it's like games can be challenging and appeal to a broad spectrum of people oh, yeah challenge isn't the isn't the common denominator that pushes people away it's bad design that pushes people away yeah, and that i think is a so. key part of this discussion is adversity and i really like that that was the word that was used because adversity doesn't have to just mean challenge it, it can mean time investment it can mean uh commitment you know uh like having to log in every day for your dailies either that kind of crap <laughs> i mean stuff uh no uh I'm, I'm i'm openly salty about that screw dailies um <laughs> sorry dailies. our audience but um yeah uh but but yeah. Th- there's a comment actually a lot of comments here um from people kind of all across a lot of backgrounds but a lot of folks that played the old games and have great memories of the old games, right? That have changed. And so uh, I want to pull one of these here from uh, Guilty Light. Um, and I'll just read the whole thing here. But it says, for me, I can't conflate difficulty and time sunk anymore. It A big part of it is being you know married, having a career, etc., um, I can't, I love that. Can't uh, bat phone faded are. I can't sit around for four <laughs> hours trying to put a group together. I just don't have the time. Uh, and even if I did, I'm constantly thinking, but I could just play Neo 2 or, which is a, a Souls like, um, or right. practice a fighting game or, you know, just something else. Uh, but, you know, single player game kind of comes up here. I kind of add in that, but. Um, it's, uh, they also say it, it's become a problem even in games like Final Fantasy XIV while leveling alts. Uh, th- this person enjoys it, but they do enjoy... Uh, but do you know? Do I enjoy doing f- four dungeons as much as beating a new boss in you know, said Souls-like game? Uh, do I enjoy it as much as grinding in Vampire Survivors? Or do I enjoy it as much as having a session of D&D? Um, so I think the main point here is that even for people that want a challenge... They may not even look into the MMO space, you know, solely on account of time sync and that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think what I think what they're getting at there is, you know, as I have less energy now than I did 20 years ago, for sure. I, <laughs> I just don't have the energy to do some things. And yeah, I get that, man. Like I, there's times when I log on and let's see, I could play Embers Adrift and I could, you know, find a pug and do that. Or I can play, um, you know, just a, a cheap, you know, a little indie game that I picked up on Steam for five bucks that looks interesting. I want to try. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to try that. I don't feel like, I don't feel like doing the whole Ember just routine where I have to look for a group and then we got to get set up and figure out where we're going to go. Like that just seems like a lot of work. I get it. And, and that's an MMO thing. That's an MMO problem of a group centric MMO and hundred percent. That's a Pantheon issue they're going to have to deal with. Um, I've come to the conclusion after, you know, following this game for so long and thinking about this game a lot, obviously, um, that they can overcome. It can be done. It's a matter of, it's a matter of modernizing the MMO 
genre. We talked about it in the previous section. How is the how are they going to how are you going to find a group? What's their robust tool for making you connect with other people and making that relatively you know effortless, I guess, not in terms of doing it for you, but but how can they make it how can they remove the friction of that? Right. Um, it's just, it's just a, a scary a term of, for a lot of people, right? Like sure remove it is. the friction. It's like, ah, oh no. Right. But you know, yeah. in certain things, like you, you want to put, I, I, I might put it this way. Um, you want to put the friction where it's, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say this out loud. <laughs> where are you going with this? Um, this, is, this is, I'm fascinated by where you're going with this. I won't say it that way just for the sake of uh, our our chat. <laughs> so, <laughs> say uh, it. Say it. You you want to put the friction where it serves best. Um, okay. Like okay. you don't want friction to be getting up, you know, together with other people because um, that's annoying. You want friction in combat. You want it to be difficult. Right. You want you know things to feel dangerous and and uh, and that kind of a thing. So it's like the placement of the adversity in the game, I'll say, is extremely important. Um, and I think I'd, I'd add to that in saying that um, just like you're not always in the mood for like embers grinding or something, uh, the better that Pantheon can serve both that frame of mind and the I want to join a six-person group and do a dungeon all in one game that's really important and i think that is a key component to how they might be able to get around this idea that mm -hmm. well um a lot of people are just going to go elsewhere but if you can also yep. serve like people that are just like you know i only have like 30 minutes like but still have something to do in game that is like either relaxing or you know somehow progressive you know even if it's not like crazy is so important yeah. It's, it's very important, you know, and I just had a really interesting thought as you were saying that, because one of the things um, in Embers Adrift that we've, when we've been playing that I've noticed is that, like, my game crashed the other night when we were grouped up and I came back in and I was still grouped, like, we were still grouped. What if, you know, even just a simple thing like that in Pantheon where you were with, let's say you found a great group and you said, okay, you know, like, we're all going to log out but let's do this again tomorrow. And you log back in and you were still in the same group. Like the group stayed together while you all went <laughs> offline. Dude. I, I mean, I, like, I wasn't even going to go here, uh, but you forced my hand, uh, <laughs> caravans and brotherhoods in Vanguard, man. Yes, like yes. they literally, yep. you know, one system just to refresh people, uh, caravans basically made it. So, uh, if you all log off, um, the next time you log in, you have the option to join your caravan leader or go to wherever they were last. So it basically is a way for at least, you know, a, a collective group of people to try to always be in the same place, um, which, you know, in a, a large world, that really matters. And then brotherhoods are basically like a persistent group where you're always sharing XP, which a lot of people complain about, you know, uh, potentially having issues for like, you know, RMT and bots and stuff but like the w the way that actually like plays out is i have like five or six people that i love grouping with all the time we just can't play together but we want to progress at the same rate i don't care if i get less xp when i'm logged on if i'm on four times as much as the other people um right i just want right. us to play together yeah, exactly right 
Um, right. And that means it, it's, it's a cost that you're willing to take, right? It's a cost you're willing to pay yeah. for the convenience of, uh, of a static, stable, continually connected group and removing the, ish, the effort needed to f- completely reform that yep. group. And also mentoring. I just got to throw it. <laughs> <laughs> throw it in there, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So I, I want to get to another really great, uh, large comment. Um, but a, a great comment by someone named uh, Faded Shade, um, also in the comment section of uh, the video, saying uh, comparing adversity in single player games to MMOs, I feel you can't do. Uh, they're very different beasts. In a single player game, it doesn't matter how you play it or how much you suck or whatever. No one is going to even comment on that unless you stream yourself to, you know, dying hundred thousand times in, <laughs> in Elden Ring. But that's a, you know, that's a choice if you want to do that, but you don't have to. In MMOs, however, a good amount of the game is spent around other people, uh, be it in dungeons, raids, or just running around cities where there you're expected to know your game, you know, know your class, everything. There's no room for being new in the majority of the social sphere. You screw something up, uh, most people will just call you out, tell you that you're a noob, uh, and they say, um, let's take WoW for an example. Um, It has add-ons that specifically point out every single mistake someone does. And that information, it's it's not used in a constructive way. (laughs) This is, you know, this is they say this is the nature of the modern gamer, it seems. Uh, and this, they suspect, is also why more and more MMOs can be basically played solo all the way until raids, something that you know wasn't possible with the old school ones, or, or at least it was a, a very, very long grind to do. Um, they think the aspect of having your skills judged by others has quite an impact on, on many players, uh, even though it might be hard for them to admit it. Uh, no one likes to feel weak or small in modern MMO cultures, uh, so... And they, uh, modern MMO cultures can definitely do that to, to many. So just to add that kind of layer to the conversation of, you know, being in an MMO, you're in a social space and there that comes with expectations, you know. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone. I don't want to be, I don't want to be cons- perceived as judging, but here's what I'll say to that is that, yes, that's, it's, it's not a good feeling when you feel like you've, you know, done something in a, in a social situation that is less, or you're just not as skilled or you get called out, but you're, you're also, if you take that away, you're sacrificing the immense feeling of pride that you get when you succeed at something in a group setting. So I guess what we're saying, like, is like, we're willing to, we'll pay the price of avoiding failure, of avoiding awesome shared success and just have like solo success at the cost because we're too afraid to fail in a social situation. We want our failures to be private and our, at, and our successes to also be private. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I've, you know, like, I, I guess it's just a difference in, in personalities and people is that I will take, you know, I will take the sting of a group failure when, so I can potentially get the amazing feeling of a group success. Um, and you know, the fact that there's add-ons for a while that tell you everything you did wrong, I don't mean like, I'm not, again, not a wild player. I don't know that specific add on, but I suspect what the purpose of that is, is not to criticize, but to help people improve their gameplay. But I I would also say, it's not not always useful. Like like you're not, you're taking it too personally. Like it's not about calling you a noob or like, it's not about making you fun of you or, or like downgrading you. It's like trying to help you, you know, 
be a better player and, and if that you're playing um you know a group centric game or group based game you know you should hold yourself to that expectation you should hold yourself to that standard of i can at least be improving uh, you know to help my group um you know i wish there was an add-on for wow that told you all the things you were doing right you know and you could say you could say it's the same thing right you could you could make the argument well it's just no no i, I don't thing. think it's that's the same i think it. It, it is different well then there should be a mod that says you did really well on this this and this and this you know and then your group leader whoever's you're grouped with should be the one to say and there's always room for improvement you could have done this better i just you know it's just i guess you know different people are different and i understand that i'm not judging i'm saying for me i always will take the the risk of failure for the potential for great reward every day and then twice on sunday so well i so it's an interesting to, to to bring it all back do you think that is the case for i'll just loosely say the majority of the mmo audience like old and young i gotta be super clear on that because a lot of these comments are from people that enjoyed eq or Old yeah, stuff, this right? is everybody. This isn't just old or young. I mean, this is everybody. But do you think a majority of people will see the the long-term reward for the kind of short-term trials? Um, no, not right now. I think Pantheon can change that. I mean, Ooh. again, maybe I'm just being overly optimistic. Yeah, I know. As I said it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe. That's rather the lofty. majority is... <laughs> The majority is hard. It's hard to say majority. It's because it's like, I've used this analogy before, but it's like saying, do you think more people would choose to make a fine meal or would they rather just eat at McDonald's if the cost was the same? Like, I, I think the convenience of McDonald's and, and fast food wins out a lot of times just because it's convenient and easy and brainless, you know? Like That's if a I great told analogy. You could, ten, it really is. $10 for a couple Big Macs or $10 for a really nice stir fry, but you got to make the stir fry yourself. People are going to take the Big Macs. I mean, the majority, yes. So, but I'm of the opinion that there's enough people who will take the option to make a nice meal to, to make a game successful, to make a game like Pantheon successful. That's been my opinion. And, and I, I feel strongly about that. I, you know, I, I actually share that because I would definitely say the majority of people uh mmo players and this isn't to like discredit anyone like if people like what they like that's that's totally fine um but from my experience playing a lot of mmos uh with all sorts of people i think they do gravitate towards exactly what josh strife hayes was posing um and so i also disagree with red a bit here in saying that I don't think the success of Elden Ring and games like this indicate success of Pantheon. I think there are, like you said, enough people um, that are seeking something like this that will enjoy Pantheon and, and definitely more people than I would say are just relegated to the classic MMO genre. Uh, I think Pantheon will, will spread its tendrils a bit further than that. Um, however, I don't think it's something that, you know, six out of 10 people would like Pantheon over said right. other MMO, uh, that has all this convenience and, you know, whatever, uh, people are seeking. Um, yeah. so yeah, but great discussion. 
Yeah, really good discussion. Really enjoyed that. You know, we, we usually do this like once or twice a year where we get into this this kind of a conversation about, you know, the uh, the the, the future and, and potential for Pantheon to be. How big can it be? How successful can it be, right? And I love this discussion because it's fundamental to what we do and why we do what we do, why we're here doing this podcast right now. So it's it's fun and I enjoy it and, and I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, and uh, actually it... If you guys haven't seen Red's video, definitely go check it out. I'll I'll say comment on his video first. But if you have specific thoughts for me and Theric, uh, definitely comment them uh, on YouTube here as well, because uh, it's just mm-hmm. it's a deep it's a deep topic, you know. Um, and I'd love to it hear is. what everyone has to say, and I'm sure Red would as well. Um, like I was gonna say, like from what I read in the comments, like actually most people disagreed with Red, so. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out you know as more people watch it but uh but yeah um thanks red for making the video and i think that's going to be it for this week's community discussion the pantheon community is full of cool projects new people and things that are just worth sharing Hmm? what's this over here (gasps) look at that So let's see what we can find in this week's Community Spotlight. All right, super short Community Spotlight this week. Um, I'm guessing folks are still working on their dev stream videos and stuff. (laughs) But Yeah, most likely, yeah. Uh, But, you know, we've got to at least shout out the little bit that we can, okay? So first off, uh, this is an easy one. Uh, Am and Saul's Focus, Bonds of Freedom by Ben and I. Uh, The final chapter of this uh, fan fiction series. And... um, I, I don't awesome. know what else to say. You know, he's uh, got it linked on Pantheon.plus. I, you know, I have it um, in the show notes down below. Um, and he's got the nice PDF and everything, right? So um, very uh, friendly to uh, <laughs> to uh, those that would like to read it. Yeah, I love that he puts it in, in PDF form too. That's super convenient for me because I it, it reads on my, uh, on my devices so much better. Yep. Yep, and then uh, next we've got uh, Sir Medieval just throwing a short out here, kind of a teaser um, for the next lore chapters, uh, Backstory of the Dwarves and the Elves in Pantheon Rise of the Fallen, MMORPG. Um, I I love, love that he's getting more into it. Uh, I love the cover of uh, Misty Mountain's Cold uh, that he threw in there, <laughs> which, I mean... It's it's whatever. Uh, <laughs> like I'm like there was like no pantheon in this except for like a, a concept shot. But it's it's just a short, you know, to promo. Um, but I'm really curious to see how how he does the the dwarves and the elves because I mean uh, the dwarves specifically, man. I like they have one of I love right. their backstory and I'm sure he will as well. Uh, Kazas is for just sure. uh, as as the kids would say, Giga Chad. Um, <laughs> God, I never thought that word would get uttered. I'm on the sorry. Line, but it, apparently, it's just it's a matter of time. Been done. <laughs> Too cool for my blood. <laughs> but uh, but actually, that is going to be it for this week's community spotlight. And now, story time from our fans of fiction. All right, so we are continuing to read uh, chapter one of Ben and I's tale, Ammon Saul's Shadow. Now, just uh, before we uh, get to the little recap of what we learned last week, I want to say that, um, you know, it was brought to my attention by Ben and I that Ammon Saul's Shadow, the entirety, is a massive tome. And, uh, you know, to read the whole thing would be ridiculous on the show where we would be here for... Uh, several years just reading this one thing and, and I don't want to do that to everybody because you know uh, just for 
to keep the show uh, variety based and uh, read some other stuff too. So we are going to finish chapter one. But though. to give a little taste, um, and, right? And that, like the people get yeah. into it. Yeah, get into it. See if you like the writing style. See if you like the the story he's telling. Um, I mean, I can't see how you wouldn't, but that's just me. So we are not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to do chapter one. So we got this week, and probably I think next week, and maybe one week afterward, depending on how I want to split it up, um, because I try to keep these six minutes or less. I don't want everybody to be here for twenty minutes listening to this. But um, this week, so we're going to recap last week on the intro to this. We learned that we met Amonsol. And basically, we, we learned that the humans have just arrived on Terminus. The collision has just happened. Um, you know, it's disarray. Camp is in disarray. There's chaos. People are basically fending for themselves. Everybody's um, just trying to survive. Um, they talk a lot. And, and Ben and I does a great job referencing the lore, talking about the cursed frost being this terrible winter and how they're struggling to, to really deal with that. So please enjoy the second part of Chapter 1 of Amonsol's Shadow by Ben and I. Self-preservation kept most people's attention, enough to keep out any derisiveness. While most all were worried about today, Amonsal was confident of today and planning for what comes after. A young man came running up as best he could through the white powder in the middle of the camp. He seemed to Amonsal to be happier than the current situation would require. Sir, I have news. That's quite obvious to us, Amonsal shot back, glancing over at his lieutenant. Speak on, son. The young man hesitated for a second, puzzling over whether Amonsal was joking or not. He decided he was, so he continued, So this may be the best encampment yet. Down at the end of the camp is literally an entire felled forest. I was thinking it might be due to the collision and everything. You have a gift of perception, son, Amonsal said, now just enjoying goading him on. The young scout continued, yeah, so there should be enough timber there to keep the fires burning for months and to build permanent structures. Half of them are even already stripped from the destruction. The scout seemed especially proud to bear this news to his leader. Evansall motioned with his finger for the boy to come closer. The old warrior flashed another slight grin, obviously delighting in the conversation as much as Evansall. Evansall put his hand on the boy's shoulder and asked, Son, how many eyes do you have? The scout shrugged. Well, two, sir. And how many did you use to find such a treasure? Amonsal continued. Both, I guess? He said as if trying to pass a test. Well then, Amonsal said, let that be a lesson to you. Never enlist half or less of what you have, lest you have less than half of what you could, more or less. At this, the quiet warrior burst out in a jolly bark before retreating back to his stone-faced gaze. Um, yes, sir, the scout said, completely confused. Amonsal smiled warmly at him and said, Please, sir, take me to your two-eyed treasure, since there seems to be too much for just one. Down the progressively worn path, through the center of the camp, and down the knoll from there, it was, in fact, as the scout had told them. Amonsal sent the scout back up with his companion to begin gathering men for the harvest. As the men left his presence, Amonsal began walking down the hill closer to the nest of fallen trees. As he walked, a solitary beam of sunlight danced off some object buried in the pile of arbor. Emmonsal climbed through and over branches to unmask the treasure. As he approached, his eye spotted a young boy laying in a hollow spot at the bottom of the pile. Fearing the worst, he slid faster over and under, trying to reach the poor boy when he was frozen by a low, gruff voice. Stop! It was then that Emmonsal noticed the boy was not alone 
but was laying on a man covered with brown fur trappings, his hair white, his cheeks depressed, and the weary look to his eyes conveyed to Amundsen that this man's turmoil most likely did not begin at the collision, but had merely followed him here from his previous life in Voss Demeth. Take no more steps, the man cried. His eyes peered into Amundsen's. Then Amundsen followed the old man's eyes, slowly down onto the leaf and snow-covered ground at the old man's feet. There it was, what appeared to be a white-colored adder, coiled and irritated by the unwelcome visitors. I need you to take the boy, the old man slowly pointed to a branch in the higher ground around to his left. There was a branch where one could lean over and just reach down far enough to pass the child up. As Amundsen worked his way quietly around to the side, he tried to ease the old man. So, what's your name, uncle? How long have you and the boy been out here alone? The man answered. We found the encampment last night. We've been wandering for some time now. My grandson is all I have left. I just need him to survive. Please, be careful. Please. Don't worry, uncle. We will get you both out just fine. Almost there. Amundsen almost whispered, stepping very purposely over the slippery bark-stripped branches surrounding the small alcove. The white snake seemed uninterested in all but the old man laying at his doorstep. Every slight squeak coming from Amundsen's shoes made the snake flinch ever so slightly. So, you didn't tell me your name. I will tell you once we are free. I have no need for your name, Amundsen of Vast Demeth. I know you well, the old man said cryptically. At this, he took his gaze off the trouble in front of him and gazed at Amundsen. Amundsen stopped his progress, froze by the weight of the man's words. He continued, Ah yes, there he is, the real Amundsen. Will we see him again, or no more? Amundsen remained still, staring at the only man since the collision who seemed to know or to care. All right, that is the lore you know, and that is the end of the show. And definitely we were uh, working at the last minute to get our notes in because for the outro I wrote whatever. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, just whatever. <laughs> whatever. I have no notes about what to say here. So uh, yeah, a good show does. I really liked that discussion. That was a lot of fun. I, I feel like, feel vented a little bit about that. <laughs> good, it's always good, fun good. to talk about. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you all enjoyed listening to us and, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, stay tuned. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Hope to see you this week coming up during the uh, grading session for Embers Adrift. And I guess, of course, Pantheon plus you too, <laughs> right, Desert? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Desert, thank you so much for for being my sidekick and, and being my co-host here on the show. Really appreciate it, of course. Thank you to everyone else. And with that, we'll see you next week. So long, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers and thanks for listening.